We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi everyone, this is Kelsey Jones, Executive Editor of Search Engine Journal, and I'm here with Dave Chaffee. He is the CEO of SmartInsights.com. Dave, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi Kelsey. Yeah, good to speak and uh, good to speak to everyone uh, listening as well. So do you just want to give us a brief overview of what you do and how you're involved in the digital marketing space? Yeah, for sure. I, I'm the publisher and editor of smartinsights.com and we we focus on helping businesses develop uh, strategies and plans for digital. Uh, everyone loves to talk about the tactics of social media, email and social, but we focus on uh, strategy and using analytics to uh, to drive better results from online marketing. Okay, cool. And are you, I know that you're based in the UK. Is that mainly where your customers are based as well? Uh, oh, you guess from the accent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the uh, we're, we're actually, uh, we're a global site and uh, Google is our, our friend and uh, we, we're mainly English language uh, speaking. We, we get around, uh, what, what's the latest? Uh, we, we get around uh, a third of a million uniques every month. And of those, it's mainly uh, US, UK, Australia, Canada, so mainly the uh, the English-speaking countries. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's our uh, target market too over at Search Engine Journal. Uh-huh. So I know today we wanted to talk about Google Analytics and specifically how that can improve our listeners' search marketing strategies. Just to kind of kick it off, what do you think are the top three metrics that search marketers should be looking for first in analytics? Yeah, well, it's. Uh, I, I think the the thing with analytics, if you go into it um, w- without being a, a specialist, it can be quite confusing, can't mm-hmm. it? It's uh, it's knowing where where to start. So, for, for me, it's uh, the the mistake people make is they tend to look at the uh, the volumes of um, of traffic. That's what we all want through search mm-hmm. and, and SEO. We want traffic, but it's obviously the uh, the quality traffic. So um, in, in some of our guides and templates on uh, Smart Insights, we talk about VQ, VC as a way of thinking about online traffic and getting the right type of traffic. So the V is is volume, um, but the Q is uh, the Q is for the quality, and and you've got to have that that quality to uh, to make it worthwhile. So I think the first takeaway uh, for for any one looking at their analytics for the first time is to make sure you've got the goals set up in, in in Google Analytics so that you can see where people are converting. Now that's easy if you're a, an e-commerce site like a retailer or a, a travel site taking bookings, but it's um, because you've got those e-commerce tra- uh, transactions that have, w- w- will hopefully be be tracked for you. But any other sort of business, if you're uh, collecting leads or getting sign-ups for a newsletter to add to your subscriber list, you you need to try and track those as goals as well. Because many of the businesses I work with as a consultant, I find they haven't they haven't really customized Google Analytics to mm-hmm. their 
to their business. So that gives you the uh, the quality. Then just to go, to run through that VQVC. So that's the the volume and the quality. The 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 second V is about the value that you're you're getting because once you've got your goal set up, you can actually see how much each visitor is worth um, from different sources in terms of their revenue. Uh, and, and that allows you to see which your, of your traffic sources are, are, are working best. So to, um, to, to, to answer your, your three KPIs, I'd say the first is the volume in terms of uh, the, the, the number of unique visits you, you're getting every month. Then the, the, the quality is the number of goals that you're getting from, uh, from, from, from your SEO. Um, and, and then we're looking at all of those as a proportion of the percentage of overall uh, traffic and then the value one is uh, either if you're a, a, an e-commerce site you need to look at your revenue per visit uh, or, or goal value per visit if you're a, um, a, a non-e-com site and it, it's that it's those revenue measures that are, are missing and then you need to look at your costs as well uh, to just to finish that off does that make sense yeah, definitely. I, I would wonder, though, how does a marketer that's looking at analytics determine the quality of the traffic that's coming in? Yeah, well, you can. Uh, that th There is a range of um, measures available. And often in, in search, we talk about the bounce rate. So uh, that, that's one area to, uh, to look at, because clearly, if you've got 100 percent bounce rate on a page, then everyone is um, is leaving that page immediately. They're not engaging with your content, and that's going to be a problem uh, in in terms of Google because Google wants to see, um, in terms of its search algorithms, it wants to see people uh, dwelling on 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 the site. Uh, it won't. Google doesn't actually interrogate the analytics, but it will be able to see if someone's coming through to your site and then doing another uh, another search. Um, straight after so so I think bounce rates worth looking at but what you tend to find is a lot of sites have um, have blogs and for bounce the bounce rate for a blog tends to be quite naturally high mm -hmm. so uh, so for our site and a lot of other blogs I've looked at the uh, the, the the bounce rate is 70 percent which sounds terrible but it's uh, yeah. that that that's not actually uh, a, a bad thing um, one thing we've done to help with that is, uh, like a lot of sites these days, we use pop-ups, which I, I know all the people listening will be thinking, <laughs> oh, no, not, not pop-ups, we hate pop-ups, yeah. but they, they, they do work. And that's, um, we, we already had a lot of calls to action before we used them, but we managed to increase our sign-up rate by around 40% wow. through using a a pop-up so uh, we like to think it's a nicely designed one so anyone listening uh, who to check that out on smartinsights.com you'll you'll see that um we get a it's it's around a two and a half um percent conversion uh, via that pop-up if you if you take a look uh, but yeah that's how we 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 measure the the quality how, how many people convert to uh, to that pop-up yeah, it's crazy. We do a pop-up at Search Engine Journal too. And what right now, so we have a series of conferences this year in partnership with uh -huh. Search Metrics. And our next one 
is happening in Chicago since I know we're recording this a couple weeks before it's going live, but that one is April 15th. And so our pop-up currently is about that event. And the signups since we started that pop-up have just been, I mean, a huge increase. I think it's 20 to 30% more daily invite or daily requests for invites right. for that event. So yeah, yeah. Similar to us. And if it's, um, People listening may be thinking, oh, well, that's publishers, they're going to do that. But what I've noticed is that it's across the board. So uh, with with retailers, it's a tactic that will work well. I, I saw a nice example on ebags.com where it wasn't just sign up for our newsletter. It was uh, get 20% off your, your first purchase. So um, I saw some data from Castora showed that email as an acquisition source has gone up by uh, four times for retailers in the in the last few years. So it it really shows that as SEOs, we need to be thinking about how how best to convert people and um, l- love them or hate them. <laughs> do seem to work. Yeah, I agree. And just as a consumer, I really like when um, there's special offers in a pop up. You know, like you said, twenty percent off your first order. Yeah. I totally take advantage of that, and so I think when it's targeted and it's done the right way, it can not only increase email signups and increase conversions on the site as a whole, but it also can help you keep loyal customers. Because then, if you're involving that with your email campaign and sending out more special offers, usually consumers are more likely to be more engaged with the email campaign. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. So another thing um, that you reminded me of when you were talking about bounce rate is as a publisher on Search Engine Journal, we're always experimenting with layouts on our site. And a recent thing that we found out was when we add pagination to posts over 1,500 words, so posts that are, so pagination, so it's basically um, for all our audience that doesn't know, it's splitting up the post into separate pages so uh-huh. at the bottom you click next page and I personally don't like that but we found on search engine journal it actually lowered our bounce rate for those articles at for um, it lowered it 20% yeah. and it increased obviously page views and then time on site have you had any experiences with uh, pagination at all no, I know publishers do it because they want they want more page views. That's more ad revenue. I I think like you say, I don't like the experience, so okay. I don't think I would personally do that. But it's interesting that you share that 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 data there, and from Google's point of view, that would increase dwell time. So I think it's a a, a smart move. But I think it's probably just something for for, for publishers, really. Yeah, I would I would agree. So um, when we were talking about the pagination, one of our, our founder, Lauren Baker, he said that he likes pagination on mobile. And so that got us talking about our mobile layout as well. And I know one thing that you and I wanted to touch on is Google's uh, mobile algorithm update that, so this podcast will be published May 1st. So the update is supposed to take place around April 21st. What are some things that you think um, are going to be affected by that update, and what are some tips for the audience uh, when it comes to reacting to that mobile update? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's pretty exciting or scary uh, uh-huh, for us, yeah. as it is most months for SEOs. But with people saying 
uh, well, Google themselves, I think they said at uh, SMX Munich, one of the Google employees speaking there said it was going to be bigger than Panda and, Panda and Penguin in terms of sites affected. So, yeah, it, it does mean that you're going to have uh, everyone should take close look. Um, of course, it will already happen a couple of weeks uh, after this podcast, but it's... Um, I think it's a good opportunity to mention one of the key concepts in uh, analytics that I find people, when I'm training, they don't, they'll know about it if they're a sort of hardcore digital marketer, but a lot of the marketing, digital marketing managers don't know about it. And that's the concept of uh, segments or what used to be called advanced segments in Google Analytics. So, um, there, there's so many different ways in which you can use them. And I think just in terms of general SEO, they're very useful because if you select the standard um, segment at the top there that you see when you're, you're reviewing the, the, the site, uh, you, you select that, seg that segment for, for, for SEO, um, that's a way of isolating all the other traffic. So certainly what I'll be doing um, late, later in the month is I'll be looking at our year-on-year -year, uh, traffic for the SEO segment and then seeing how that compares and I'll also be looking at um, we'll be comparing that for the mobile segment as well and of course you can break that out by tablet and, and smartphone and I, I guess it's going to be the biggest issue is going to be on smartphone um, so it might be worth uh, the, the, the way it goes is, although a lot of people use Android, it, it's really the iOS um, and, and the iPhone that, that drives a lot of the mobile search traffic. So I think my advice there would be come uh, April the 21st, ha have a look at your segment of, of, of iOS traffic and then see how that's varying. And if that's falling away, that means that you, you're potentially getting a penalty. Of course, uh, what, what Google have said is that the uh, the mobile-friendly update is on a page-by-page -page level. So that's really something you're going to want to look at for your um, your top content or maybe the, uh, the, 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 the content drill-down report. That will allow you to see whether there's particular parts of the site that, uh, that are being affected. But that's, uh, yeah, that's certainly where I'll be, I'll be looking. Yeah, I think one thing, you know, of course, since we're in search in the marketing industry, we we know about the update, we know it's coming, and we know that Google said, hey, if your site isn't mobile optimized or responsive, you might not be shown in mobile search. But I think it's difficult to impress to clients just how big of a deal that, you know, this could be for their site, especially if it's not optimized for mobile. Have you already begun preparing um, your clients and even your audience with you know how big of a deal this update is yeah that, that's right well we we um, we offer our members updates uh, regularly so we, we we're um, our, we have paying members who we provide updates to but of course we provide updates on the blog as well and I think we originally we, we offer um, obviously, you'll cover all the details of uh, search, specialising in that area. But we try to just pull out the, the big stories. And I think it was November when this uh, was announced originally. Um, and Google started using those mobile-friendly labels. So I do think 
people have had a fair time and I'm I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure everyone working in search knows about it and but I would hope a lot of people um who are the non-specialists w- would know about it as 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 well but uh we, we, we'll see I guess it'll be those those um people will see their traffic and sales falling and if they haven't heard they're going to sit <laughs> up and take notice then yeah for sure you know the kind of um anticipation and almost fear that I see with this mobile update. I saw a few years ago when the whole not provided in terms of the keyword data and Google Mm. Analytics um, happened. So I know people were so reliant on that. And, you know, when it happened, I just remember thinking there's so many other things you could look at and so many other resources you could use like WordStream or Uber suggest to find keyword ideas. Do you have any, you know, suggestions for specific analytics data that SEOs could use um, in terms of keyword research now? Uh, yeah, for key- keywords, well, there's two things really, isn't there? There's the keyword research, understanding the, the behaviors. And um, I'm sure a lot of the guys listening will know about Google Google Keyword Planner. Um, that, that was updated in the autumn, so that's worth another look. Um, Uber Suggest is good. I, I've actually... I noticed um, that, that there's a new tool there, keywordtool.io, which is actually much better for, I, I tend to use that when I'm working with um, training workshops for international clients, because you can okay. see if, say, we're in Europe and we're looking at um, search in France or Italy, you can see uh, diff- different behaviors in the different countries for how people, you know, some people prefer reviews, other people prefer cheap price sensitive type keywords so 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 those tools are certainly great um in terms of back back to the analytics i think um some people will that there there was that very obvious keyword report which um has changed now it's still available in in ga under campaigns organic keywords but I was just checking hours out while we were on the call and we're actually now at 93 percent not provided so uh, yeah. that, that's how bad the uh, the problem is but Google does have this other search engine optimization um, menu that it added and, and it has improved and I, I certainly find that you can do a gap analysis on on that so any anyone who who's unaware of that, if you go to the acquisition menu in on the left there in Google Analytics, choose search engine optimization and queries, it does show you um, that their classic ABC, the acquisition behavior uh, conversion, and then you can you 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 can what what you will often every site will find that you've got your um your 80 20 rule so there's there's a lot of the pages that are driving the bulk of the traffic and if you tweak the title or the meta description you can uh you can you can nudge your rankings for those top those top performing pages so i i, I think um people will query the accuracy of that that uh, data that you get from the integration with Google Webmaster Tools, mm-hmm. but for me, it's actually still, you know, the, the the actual numbers may be a bit off, but in a relative sense of your main keywords and the most important pages, it's it's a really useful tool, and I think that's a bit uh, neglected. But what I, what I would say as well is that I we, we used to do a lot of gap analysis um, comparing 
Google Keyword Planner or Keyword Tool as it was then against the mm-hmm. um, the keyword data. But I think you've got to turn it on on its head now and look at your uh, entry points into the site for um, for for your natural keywords. So a good way of thinking about it is to set up a um, a segment of, of of SEO and then see for your landing page reports. So you know that those people are coming in via organic, and then see which areas of the site are getting the the footfall compared against your non-organic traffic. So you might find that say say you're a retailer and you're um, you're stocking um, we're getting near summer summer dresses. You might find that you've got a lot of uh, people browsing that some address category but you've not got so many people coming through from organic so you're able to do a gap analysis there you might find that let's say winter coats you've got a much higher proportion of um, organic traffic coming through Mm -hmm. so I think that that's a good uh, a good way of getting around to some extent the uh the, the the loss in data that we've we've got looking at it more in terms of the entry points. Yeah, I agree. And another part of Google Analytics that was added whenever it overhauled the platform a couple years ago was the social media data. Uh-huh. Have have you used that a lot um, with your team at Smart Insights? Um, have you used that social media data with your SEO? So, to be honest, I'm I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, but w- with Smart Insights, we say we're about actionable marketing and <laughs> marketing advice. And I, I don't see the social data as so actionable. Um, wh- where I would say it is useful under the so under the um, the conversion menu menu, you do have these uh, multi-channel funnels. So it's sometimes quite useful. You can look at your attribution and you can see that where social traffic it maybe doesn't convert on the first visit. It, it it is providing some conversion uh, le- later in the customer journey, but for me, what I prefer to do in terms of of social is actually outside of Google Analytics to use these tools where you can see the the pages that are get have got the most shares. Mm-hmm. So you can do that analysis against competitors. So I'm talking about the tools like um, BuzzSumo, uh, Social Crawlytics. Um, Maybe when we put the page up for, we, we, we did a, a blog post on Smart Insights linking to three or four of these competitive analysis tools. We could maybe add it to the, uh, to, to, to the page, um, but it allows you, they allow you to see which content is getting the most shares, which is really useful um, insight, I think, for developing similar sort of content um, to what, what's worked for your uh, competitors. And uh, similarly, you might be using something like the Mozbar as you're reviewing the the, the, the SERPs, and you can see which, which type of content is uh, is is ranking well. So, yeah, my, my I, I just don't see the value in that data, <laughs> if I'm honest. But um, I, I'm I'm open to other ideas. What What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I definitely look at it for my blogs I have in Search Engine Journal. We do use BuzzSumo. I really think that that's a good tool that's easy to use. Yeah, um, it's paid though now, that tool, isn't it? That's, it sure uh, is, yeah. But so Social Crawlytics, that's a tool that some uh, enterprising SEO in, in Brighton in the UK created, and that's that's free and pretty capable. So uh, okay. 
so check check that one out. But yeah, uh, certainly, if you can afford it, Buzz, Buzz Sumo is uh, is 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 great. I think the um, the Sprout uh, Quick Sprout uh, have a tool as well for that. Yeah, I mean, there's so many tools out there for both SEO and um, social, so it's it's easy mm-hmm. to get overwhelmed. Yeah. But there's uh, two or three there for people to uh, to try out. So hopefully that's helpful. Yes, agreed. So to kind of wrap everything up, I know earlier you had mentioned that it's easy for people that are beginners in analytics to get overwhelmed with all the, you know, segments that are available, the customized reporting options. Do you have any good resources for people to learn more about analytics if they want to, you know, become more of an expert like you are in the space? Yeah, that that that's uh, that, that that's really why we we set up uh, Smart Insights. I didn't mention at the top of the uh, the, the webinar. I used to write, uh, well, I still write books. What um, uh, ones on digital marketing strategy? And uh, I, I was always frustrated that you'd be writing about search or uh, analytics in in a book that's probably got five hundred pages. Um, and is used in colleges and universities, but there would only be like two or three pages on SEO or, or or analytics. So what we provide on Smart Insights is we've got the real in-depth uh, resources that are for not they're not for SEO or analytics specialists so much, but for people who are new to it, and it just steps them through all the questions that they should be. Uh, Asking so certainly if people check out our SEO or, um, or rather our Google Analytics hub page, that would um, you know they're they're designed for digital marketers really rather than the uh, the, the the analytics geeks if you uh, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the other um, sites I'd I'd, I'd recommend uh, in the analytics area um uh, uh, google has their own evangelists like uh, people might know avanash kaushik uh, he's uh, great great for practical i think a lot of people will know him mm-hmm. um and his uh what is it occam's razor blog but then one of their other there's a couple of other google advocates who are justin cutroni and is it daniel weisberg he's got a site called online behavior um, so there's two or three other sites to check out there. And of course, um, Google have their own resources, their own lo- um, le- learning academy um, for Google Analytics. So that's worth checking out as well. That's um, we, we should maybe put a few of these resources in a blog post next to the webinar and then we can um, people can click through and, yeah. and, and check those out. They, they, they used to have what was it? Conversion University, I think it was called, but they've uh-huh. that's renamed. I must dig out the latest name. Yeah, I don't remember. Listening. But uh, I'll I'll be sure to link to all of these in the recap post. But I do know, you know, whenever I've tried to learn something in analytics, Google really does have a robust um, tutorial and help catalog. So it's always useful to just go yeah. to a source. Yeah, the trouble is they are written often by analytics people for analytics people rather than the marketing (laughs) questions you should be asking. So (laughs) that's what we that's what we try and do anyway. Um, Translate it, I think. Yeah, it definitely needs it sometimes. So, Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. I think it was a really interesting discussion and our audience will surely walk away with a lot more ideas and resources.
Yeah, thanks so much for the questions, uh, Kelsey, and uh, good good luck with ev to everyone listening for the uh, the updates. We we didn't talk about the doorway page uh, update. Uh, that that's another one for us to uh, to worry about, but we'll yeah. we'll see soon. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much. So Dave Chaffee, CEO of SmartInsights.com, and I'm Kelsey Jones, Executive Editor of Search Engine Journal. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.